everyone, and thanks for joining us for APQC's May Knowledge Management Podcast. I'm Lauren Trees. I am the Principal Research Lead for Knowledge Management here at APQC. And today I'm joined by Holly Leica-Gland, who is my counterpart in APQC's Process and Performance Management Research Practice. And today we're going to chat about some research that we've been working on and thinking about for the last six months and that we just uh, released the report for last month. So we're going to tell you a little bit about why we think it's interesting and hopefully answer some of your questions about it. And then if you want more details, you can go dig into, uh, into the full report. Hi, Holly. Hello, everyone. Hi, Lauren. So Holly, since you work directly with our project management audience, I wanted to ask you about um, the managing project knowledge research that we've just done. Um, you know, what do you think would be the most actionable takeaways from everything that we learned um, related to project managers? Well, honestly, the first thing that I thought was probably most interesting was, was my assumption as we went into this project, was that it was going to be a lot about overcoming a lot of resistance by project managers because anything that was going to detract away from, you know, the margins of the project, staying on scope, on budget, on time, and, and how being able to do knowledge management was really not kind of embedded into their objectives. Um, so I thought that was going to be kind of the big thing, but what we actually saw was that there wasn't as much resistance um, in the organizations we talked to. So it was kind of like the first aha, and it kind of counterproductive to the, to the hypothesis that I had. But what really, I mean, I think kind of came about um, what I thought was probably the most interesting or actionable takeaway was that the organizations needed to look at the fact that there is a wide array of potential approaches. Um, especially, you know, process and project management. A lot of times we get fixated on this kind of one-size-fits-all methodology or approach. And really, that wasn't apparent in any of the work that we did on this project. There were several different types of tools, several different types of approaches. And being able to look and see what all of them were and be able to point them out and kind of align them with the best fit of what they were trying to accomplish. Um, a lot of that had to do with, you know, including the cycle time of the project, how long their projects tend to run, tend to influence what tools they used. Uh, the organization's culture tended to highly influence, you know, what kind of approaches fit best as well. Um, so I think those were kind of the kind of the biggest ahas and actionable takeaways that I saw. Uh, how about you, Lauren? What did you say? Well, I just first wanted to echo what you were saying about the lack of standardization across the organizations in terms of how they were doing KM for their projects. Um, and as a person who doesn't, you know, eat, sleep, and breathe project management all the time, it really made me realize, as you were saying, how different different project types are. And when you have an organization like NASA that's running projects for decades, you need different CAM approaches than, say, a consulting organization where maybe you're running projects that are, go for a few months and you're, and you're doing a lot of them. But from a, from a knowledge management perspective, I think some of the, the biggest takeaways for me were thinking about project knowledge, in, uh, project knowledge management in terms of these three tiers um, where you're capturing knowledge inside the projects and then figuring out what levels of the organization you need to elevate that knowledge to. Um, and giving that as a framework for 
um, recognizing where your biggest gaps are, and as a KM practitioner or KM program, figuring out what parts you're doing well and where you maybe need to provide some more direct guidance or support to your project management office, your project management teams inside the organization. Um, you know, I think some organizations are really good at capturing that knowledge in the context of the project, not as good at actually sharing it out with other teams in the broader organization. Um, and some are better at the high level, uh, you know, lessons learned and things like that, but they're not doing as good a job of the documentation within the individual projects. Um, I, I think the other thing that really stood out to me was the need to partner with the learning function to ensure that the most universal foundational knowledge, um, a lot of which tends to come down to the skills and the mindset that you want your project managers and project teams to embody, that that kind of knowledge gets not only identified, but incorporated into your learning assets, so your competency models, your formal training, your learning resources, so that your learning and development, professional development options for project managers are aligned with the key best practices and the key lessons and the key skills um, that you want those project teams to, to exemplify. So, so those are some big things for me. So Holly, I think the research articulates some good ways to capture project-related knowledge and get it moving through the organization. Um, but as you were saying, in terms of your initial hypothesis with the project, um, you know, we thought we were going to see some challenges around getting project managers on board. And I think overall it wasn't as big a struggle for the organizations that we talked to than we thought it might be, but we did hear some different engagement strategies. So I wanted to ask you what your thoughts are on, especially for an organization that is having trouble getting traction here, you know, from what we heard in the research, what, what, what are our, your advice for engagement? I think you brought up an excellent point there uh, before talking about some of the engagements that I thought were, were a great fit was that I think a reason it wasn't as big an issue is because they had already kind of built some of this in. They'd already understood their culture and, and their project managers enough to be able to figure out how to leverage the right kind of tactics then to just kind of make it part of the process. I mean, the first one that we really saw was that they tied this concept of knowledge management and knowledge capture and knowledge reuse directly to something that was incredibly meaningful to them, which is risk management. A risk management is a huge piece of any project manager's job. You know, they have to identify any potential risks as far as what's going to delay the project, what's going to, you know, you know, have problems, fulfillment, scope, any of the things that are going to hit the normal, you know, triple bottom line for project managers. And as they go through, say, stage gates, they've got to be able to justify why these things aren't going to be a problem or foresee what are going to be the potential problems and have kind of a backup plan. Um, because they did all of this, they were able to then translate to the project managers how this information actually helped them alleviate risk and reduce the risk to their projects, which, you know, in the long run helped them speed up their projects and, and make them go smoother. Or they were able to find ways to quantify and outline and learn from others on an ongoing basis, you know, that whole concept of reducing risk. Now, part of that is because the second point of what they did, which is they really built in knowledge management and how they conducted work. 
So they had, you know, learning lessons, they had capture, they had a lot of these things built into their stage gate approach, both from the capture perspective. So anytime you'd have a review at a stage gate, um, you had to kind of share and discuss what went wrong, what went right, uh, find ways to codify that information. But again, at each one of these stage gates, they also have to identify what are our ongoing risks, what are our future risks, and that helps them then kind of reuse that information. So for some groups, they're able to then put a section within kind of the documents they have to fill out for the stage gate, which is, what are your risks? What are, how are you going to address them? And how do you know that's the right idea? So they had to go and find something to support what they were going to do, be it some kind of best practice or a lesson learned or some advice they got from another project manager. Um, and then the last part is that what I found out that was really cool was that they had to go about and make it uh, easier for them in the long run. Which is kind of twofold. First off, they had to provide venues um, that were kind of informal to an extent, but find venues and ways for project managers to share information and have conversations in the flow of their project work. Now, some of them elevated and had some other more formal captures and sharing of information outside that, but the easier they were able to give them those venues as they were doing work, made it easier for them to share. Um, but and you mentioned that earlier about partnering with uh, the learning function. It really needed help with a lot of the documentation, um, the prioritization, of uh, the capturing um, and of this information, um, because that was going to take a lot more time away from them. So being able to give them, A, the venue to share freely and in an appropriate way, and B, have somebody help them with some of the more detailed work that was going to detract from a lot of their time. I think were probably the ones that I found kind of most helpful and ways to engage project managers. Um, I know, Lauren, from a KM perspective, um, what do you see as far as uh, competency development and knowledge transfer, transfer uh, to improve those key outcomes, you know, the whole better, faster, cheaper? Uh, how did you see this play out? Yeah, I mean, I think that the the challenge for organizations is getting this to be part of the central methodology for project management, just like you were saying, to build it into the way you manage and execute projects in the organization so that it just feels like something that you do that, that makes your projects better for all the reasons you were articulating around risk management and, um, you know, best practices and lessons learned sharing across different projects. Um, you know, but I think for me, the, the, the number one thing in terms of engagement that I took away is we all come to work, we want to learn. You know, we want to grow professionally, we want to advance it, whatever that means in our role and the context of our lives. Um, you know, we want to be more promotable. So I feel like you can tie it to the, the project methodology, and that's really important, but also tying some of these activities to learning and making it clear that you're building competencies in these project managers and saying, you know, we're giving you this community, this lessons learned process, um, you know, this learning session so that you can become a better project manager and you can build your skills, um, that that's a really important part of the value proposition as well. So Holly, I feel like there's a lot of good ideas that have come out of this research, um, you know, from, from very formal KM methodologies that you can apply to projects to 
some really simple tips and tricks and th things you could do um, in a more ad hoc way without, say, senior leadership support if you don't have that initially. Um, so I wanted to ask you just what are the one or two things that you feel like project teams and the groups that support them, whether that's on the project management or the KM side, um, you know, can can or should go out and do and change based on the research if this is maybe an area where you're not as mature as you'd like to be and you want to take it to the next level? Well, I mean, one was just, I think, a simple one of the tactics that we saw, which is the idea of fail fast. Um, the problem and the hard part for anybody, you know, especially in the project management world, looking at sharing and acting advice and doing best practices is there's this negative stigma on on you know trying to find the right answers or or so understanding what went wrong and sharing and delving into that. Um, part of it's the 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 function, but it's also part of human nature, right? Nobody wants to be wrong and actually go out there and tell everybody how they were wrong and what went wrong. Um, but by using these these kind of ideas of fail fest. Uh, they kind of switched the, the conversation. So the connotation wasn't about judgment. It wasn't about you know, the negative stigma associated with it. It was actually just kind of a celebration of where things went wrong and how, you know, what fixes the item in the big picture. And I think some of the best examples would usually start with what leadership going in and talking about something that they were in charge of that went horribly, horribly wrong. So that helped to break the, break the ice and kind of lower the, the shielding there of, of being resistant to kind of sharing that information. For me, I think that was kind of an easy win that a lot of organizations can do. Um, it's just kind of changing the note of the conversation we're having. Um, I think the second one that I liked the best was really the idea of tiers. So, I mean, as project management office, we know that we have these three buckets of information. We've got the project. We've got the program that rolls up from there. And then we have the whole portfolio perspective. And what gets impacted at each of these varies. Um, and, and looking at the research and seeing, you know, what is most important as far as what our organization needs to get out of this? Are we focused on improving our projects, kind of an ad hoc, kind of put, putting our toe in the water and getting started with that? Well, then, you know, the research was showing that there was a lot of organic ways to approach that. Um, but as you go up and you have larger portfolios where you're trying to get these huge lessons learned to change, a, the methodology, or B, you know, kind of the overall tone and how things happen, you'd have a lot more systematic and a lot more uh, structured kind of knowledge management approaches. So understanding kind of that scope of what you want to start, where you want to start, and what's the best fit, I think is also something else people could really kind of take and take a step backwards. So they're not trying to dive in to the highest level of, of managing your knowledge right off the bat if it's not a good fit for what your organization is doing. Um, how about yeah, you, I think what that's a. I think that's a really good point. Um, that I think sometimes people overcomplicate this, and yes, you can make it very formal. You can make it very complicated. You can have eight different approaches, and that may very well make sense for your organization, the level of maturity and complexity and the knowledge itself. But there are some pretty simple things that you can do to make it better if you're not doing anything. So I think for me, part of the fundamental lesson is about creating collegiality and a sense of community among project teams, among project managers. So that can take a more formal approach, but sometimes it's just, you know, monthly conference call or a Slack channel where people can 
share things that they um, either learned that they thought other teams could benefit from or mistakes that they've made. Of course, that goes back to the broader culture that you were talking about in terms of fail fast and, and celebrating your lessons learned. So there's a you can put the channel out there, the opportunity out there, but there's also a broader cultural need to, um, you know, make project managers and teams feel comfortable, um, you know, sharing those experiences if they weren't 100% positive and, and, and making it clear that there are opportunities in, in life and in work to promote what you've done that's great and you can do that through these channels too, um, but that you're in a safe space and not going to be penalized if you are putting out, hey, you know, we tried doing the project this way and it completely didn't work, um, you know, that there is a benefit to sharing that instead of hoarding it and hoping nobody finds out. Because um, then three or four other teams might try the same thing and have the same result. So I think the second thing for me kind of speaks to this broader attitude adjustment that, that has to come from leaders. And part of that is creating the space to talk about failure, to talk about learning, um, you know, and, and the mistakes that you've made and, and what changes you should make to the project management methodology or to something that you're doing within your projects. Um, but it, it also is getting managers and stage gate communities and all the people who interact with project teams to ask them these probing questions about knowledge. So, you know, did you look at what other teams did before you started and how did that documentation inform your approach? You know, and then also, well, what have you learned from the project to date and what do you think other organizations, uh, other people in the organization would benefit from, from knowing about what you've learned? Um, you know, so I think that you can put a lot of KM approaches in place, and you may need them, um, but you've also got to get managers on board asking those questions, and that's part of building it into the process. Um, you know, but when project managers kind of have enough of those uncomfortable conversations where they haven't looked at the past knowledge or they haven't documented their learnings, um, you know, and they realize that the, the leadership of the organization really wants them to do that and encourages them to do that, then they start to get it and they start to build it into the way that they work in all the ways that we've been talking about. So I think that's all we have for today. Thank you everyone for joining us. And I hope that if anything that we've talked about today piques your interest, you will check out the Managing Project Management, uh, Knowledge uh, Full Report and also Complementary Study Overview in APQC's Knowledge Base. Thank you.